When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our day three Browns training camp podcast on the Orange Brown Talk. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. It has been so long already in training camp that I almost messed up my own name. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get to it. Let's just start with a couple of updates here off the top. And, and the big one, Mary Kay, is Deshaun Watson. Everybody is on pins and needles waiting for this decision, including the Browns, whether they will admit it or not. But it sounds like this is going to bleed into next week at least a little bit. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times there is the Friday news dump, but that's not going to happen. As we're taping this on Friday, we are not anticipating the Friday Deshaun news dump. All along, they've had sort of a loose time frame of it happening in the first few days of August. Nobody is positive about that, but that's what I've kind of been told along the way. So I would anticipate that it could be early next week. I mean, we we don't know for sure, uh, but that's my best guess right now. And it will be time for some resolution and time for the Browns to move forward. And, and Ashley, it's easy to get the sense. Like, even though they're sort of swatting questions away about it, it's just easy to get this. Like, they're doing a good job, but you do get the sense. Like, everybody just wants an answer. They're just like us. Yeah, like, they're human, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, they may have superhuman abilities on a football field, but it is kind of, you know, it, it's getting to the point where we're in training camp now. The season is right around the corner. So, of course, they want some resolution because they need to know how they're going to do things like split up reps. And, again, I think maybe it helps and maybe the reason we're not feeling like that panicked energy around them right now is because they haven't had really like a normal practice yet they're still ramping up and doing that sort of things everything before yet today was going against air basically or at a walkthrough pace so I think that's also like kind of into the calmness and the level-headedness that everyone is talking about this situation with but at some point Mary Kay they do need to be able to divvy up these reps Mm -hmm. that they need to approach this like Jacoby Brissett is the starter and uh, you know today at practice for example He got a couple first-team reps, but it was mostly Deshaun. It looked like, hey, this is Deshaun starting week one, and it doesn't seem like that's going to be the outcome. You know, that that would obviously be a best-case scenario, and I don't think that's going to happen. At some point, they do need to kind of know, is it going to be four weeks? Because maybe we don't need to give Jacoby as many reps. Or is it going to be eight weeks? Okay, we got to hit the accelerator to really get him ready to go. Yeah, and I think one thing that we haven't really discussed yet about the way that they have ramped this up is I think they're trying to sort of establish that Deshaun Watson is our guy. Deshaun Watson is our starting quarterback, and we are going to start camp with him in the number one spot. 
And I think that's kind of been important to set the tone, to let these guys look up to him and say, this is going to be our guy. We're not sure when it's going to be. I think it also shows that they think he's coming back this year. I think that's important. I think they really firmly believe that he will be on the field at some point this season. Now, They've gotten away with it for these first few days of practice because, as we have mentioned, they're not doing real heavy, heavy football yet. Again, by next week, once they know what the actual deal is, uh, then they can kind of pivot the plan. But I think they went into it thinking, let's proceed as though it's going to be about half the season, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, and, you know, when you watch... When you watch Deshaun, I think you see how guys kind of respond to him. And, and actually, we heard from Donovan Peoples-Jones today. Just everybody you talk to, they kind of laud that leadership. And, and there's, like, real examples of it, right? Like, he's taking the team to the Bahamas. He's, he's definitely embraced that leadership role. The off-field stuff aside, it is what it is. Just here in the building, on the field, he has certainly established himself as that guy. Yeah, and, like, one of the other examples we talked about is a little locker, how they have the lockers situated this year, and he's next to David Bell, one of the rookie receivers, you know, who's trying to get himself established. And um, I do think you see that, and you kind of need the quarterback, especially when he's coming into this situation with everything swirling around him the way it is with the sexual misconduct allegations and a possible suspension, you know. The last time we talked to him in minicamp, he kind of alluded to the fact that he understands this is impacting the people around him. So I think when we see him do those leadership things and take those steps, it's maybe a way of making up for it, not to put words in his mouth, but he knows he needs to do that stuff given everything that he is dealing with this season. And so, Mary Kay, when you kind of look at, well, you know, let's just move on to another update. Anthony Schwartz, good news uh, as we wait for the Deshaun Watson news. Anthony Schwartz, the Browns have good news. He's day-to-day. He was not out on the practice field today. He wasn't off to the side as he deals with the knee strain. But it doesn't sound like it's something that's going to keep him out very long. Yeah, they kind of dodged a bullet there because with David Bell out with a foot injury, the last thing they needed was Anthony Schwartz to be out for any real length of time. This is something that will not prevent him from playing in the opener. But I do think it is another setback for Anthony Schwartz where he can't be out there practicing right now and any missed time just isn't what he needs right now. Now, he did bank a lot of reps in the uh, off-season practices, so that's good. Uh, But you just don't want him to get off to that same start that he had last year, that star-crossed rookie season. So hopefully for him and for the Browns, uh, he will get back on that practice field uh, in short order and get back at it. Well, and the other part of it, too, is if he's not out there, guess who is? Isaiah Weston's out there. Uh, Jakeem Grant is getting some opportunities. Demetric Felton getting time in the slot. You, you know, these guys behind him are getting this opportunity to put things on film and, and say, hey, pay attention to us, too. Yeah, and, you know, it may help them eventually if they end up, you know, not being on the Browns anymore to find another home in the NFL or to stay here. Like, maybe a guy like we've talked about, again, the Browns don't like to part ways with draft picks, but it is kind of hard to see, for example, how Mike Woods might fit in on this roster. But days like this might eventually make or break it, right? If they see enough good stuff, he gets some confidence, really gets rolling throughout camp. And, you know, it's a cliche, but I do think your best ability is your availability in the NFL. And that's something, you know, we just haven't seen with Anthony. Schwartz yet that's been probably the most unfortunate part of his tenure here so far so it is something you know it's like a worst case scenario almost for him to have to miss time this early and you know another concern Mary Kay is if he comes back you know this was obviously not a soft tissue injury but if he comes back in five days let's say or four days is he then does he strain something or do you know this kind of opens up that door where he hasn't been kind of going through this ramp up and he hasn't been obviously he's 
probably doing something behind the scenes, but you get out there on the football field, you're trying to play catch-up, maybe you go a little too hard. You know, you just kind of hope that doesn't happen if he does come back. Yeah, because you do become vulnerable to that pulled hamstring, especially when you've had uh, a, you know, pretty goodly, solidly torn hamstring uh, in the past. So, you know, that's one thing he's going to have to watch out for, that, that he doesn't stumble into something like that. So, um, so yeah, he's got to get back out and stay out there. Is, is goodly torn hamstring <laughs> a medical term? Because <laughs> I think it should be. I am goodly torn <laughs> You couldn't say your name, and I invented a new word. It's and we, only the and third day, guys. We're falling apart. We don't even have fans out here yet, no. and we just can't even get through this podcast. Let's move on to uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. He spoke today, one of the most interesting players I think we can all agree on the Browns. Uh, Ashley, when you hear Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa talking, I know you're working on, on some stuff with him, uh, with, with a story that's going to be coming out soon about his trip. When you talk to him, when you hear about, when you hear him talk, what just what do you think? What are your impressions of him? He just, like, I think lights up when you ask him about Football stuff, of course, but, like, when you ask him about these other things he's interested in as well, and like you said, Dan, I mean, you alluded to his trips, those were to Africa. He went twice this offseason so far, and it's something that is really important to him. I talked to him about it, how important, like, he views football holistically, right? So when you talk to him, he always brings that up. He always talks about how the mental side is super important for him. I think we see that in things like game prep, but we also see that with this. And he mentioned, like, getting that spiritual connection that he feels um, and he really started doing that while he was at Notre Dame. Um, and he's really kind of found that part of himself and wants to give back to Africa. I mean, his family is from Ghana, so he especially feels a connection there. Um, and he's just very passionate. Like when you hear him talk, whether it's about, you know, playing in, you know, in the box or versus in the slot, or whether it's about these trips to Africa, you're going to get a lot of good stuff out of him. And he doesn't, he doesn't mind talking about it, I don't think. Yeah, Mary Kay, just when you hear JOK talk, and again, just a really well-rounded guy, an interesting guy, it's not just football, and not like in a bad way, obviously, he's, he's a great player, and he puts in all that time and that preparation, but the off-the-field stuff is really fascinating with him. You know, it really is. He's, an, he's such an old soul, mm -hmm. right? I mean, he doesn't seem at all like a, you know, 20-whatever old yeah. that he is right now. I can't remember how old he is at the moment. But um, but he doesn't seem like he's just heading into his second year in the NFL. Uh, he has so many other things that he's interested in, and he is very deep and very, very spiritual. Uh, and I know that helped him get through a very, very tough offseason where he lost his brother. Um, and, and obviously we all know the toll that that, must, that did take on him. Uh, and, and something that he's not ready to talk about yet, um, but something that uh, we all know that you know that he's been dealing with. So uh, hopefully he can you know overcome that. I mean that's the uh, obviously the the most adversity he has suffered uh, probably in his lifetime, I would mm -hmm. think. And uh, and so yeah, I'm, I'm sure that he's going to be carrying that with him throughout the season. Now 
Go, go, go ahead, Ashley. I, I was just going to say, like, talking to him, too, like, it's this stuff, like, he's not just doing this because it's something that's, like, fun in his free time for him. Like, he truly believes it helps him become a better football player. And, like, he talks about connecting with that, connecting with that spiritual side of himself. Like, he told me today, like, before he comes into the building every day, he meditates because he wants to, like, be in the right headspace for these 11-hour days that these guys have. Like, they're long days. And he said, you know, I have to find a way to get my mind right. And like Mary Kay said, with this adversity he's had to deal with this offseason, like, I think that kind of explains why he's been so willing to lean into this stuff to really just try to, you know, not just help people around him, but to make himself like a more effective player in person. So we've also talked about JOK the player. And he is, again, off the field, one of the most fascinating guys probably one of the more fascinating guys on the field too. And, and Joe Woods had a line today where he said he wants his linebackers to look like the, the animals they're hunting. Okay. So he wants them to look like running backs. He wants them to look like tight ends. So, you know, when you watch JOK film, you'll see like he picks his way, he kind of shoots gaps and picks his way through the line and he looks like a running back. Um, how much more can JOK do, Mary Kay? Well, it, it made me think that we need to ask guys about their spirit animals now. <laughs> but um, actually, uh, I, I think there's a lot more that JOK can do. And I think that Joe Woods will put all of that on his plate this year. He was very reluctant to do so last year. Didn't want to overwhelm him. Didn't want to give him too much to do uh, and have him out there you know, losing confidence instead of gaining confidence. So I think this year you'll see more blitzing. I think you'll see him drop into coverage. I think you'll see him move around more. Uh, and I think that, that Joe Woods will just have so much more confidence in him. And, uh, and JOK joked around that some of his highlights last year were actually mistakes. And, and I do think that this year there will just be more highlights. Yeah, Ashley, JOK, you're, you're two. I mean, how much more can we see of him? I mean, I think you can see him more in coverage. I think you can see him more blitzing. And again, like, he did all of this stuff last year, and I don't have the right snap counts in front of me um, from PFF, but he did line up outside of tackles, and he did go in the box, and he did play some slot corner even, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him there again this year because he graded out pretty well doing those things. All those grades were seven or 67.4 and above. So um, for a rookie to move around that much, I just think Joe Woods, knowing his defensive style, is really going to lean into that versatility. And again, what's been so interesting when we talk to these defensive guys about having Deshaun Watson now, and Jadavian Clowney is the one I think who brought it up in minicamp, that when you have a quarterback who can get you big leads as a defense, you feel like you can take those more aggressive chances, especially going after a quarterback. So I'll be really curious to see if Deshaun Watson's out there, if JOK kind of becomes <laughs> unleashed a little bit more in that aspect of his game, at least. All right, surprise topic I'm going to throw at you guys here. So if you don't have a great answer, that's fine. But just Joe Woods. We did hear from Joe Woods today. And you know, I mentioned the line about the, the hunter. Did anything stand out to you from, from what Joe Wood said today? Um, did, was anything like, oh, that's interesting, or some bit of news? Or, uh, you know, I think the slot stuff is interesting, that they kind of want to yeah, train everybody fine, in the slot. Yeah. And, yeah, Ashley, I mean, he seems to really like Martin Emerson. He, yeah, and he said they're training seven guys in the slot, <laughs> and he wouldn't tell us exactly. We can kind of make some guesses, right? We know Greg Newsom's playing in there and Martin Emerson, but he said it was funny to hear him talk about Martin Emerson and say what we've said, which is every time you see him, you're surprised he's as big as he is, and we've talked about that length, and obviously that's something the Browns really liked, and Joe Woods, who's around him every day, said, I'm, I'm surprised at how big 
quirky <laughs> is sometimes. So that was funny to, I think, to hear and some nice little insight into into why they maybe were so enamored with him when at the time that pick was made, people, I think, were kind of like, huh. But it, it makes sense, I think, the more he's around and the more we see from him. And you know what, the um, the slot thing, but I mean, I've been trying to, to say that for a long time, mm-hmm. that they're, they're going to be working everybody in the slot and see what they have. And somehow I think it, you know, everybody just is assuming that Greg Newsom is, is the slot corner and that there's going to be two other guys on the outside. And I just don't know that that's going to be the case. I 100% believe Joe Woods. They're working all of these guys in there, and they have some different sort of things that I think we're going to see this year uh, that will, you know, won't lend itself to just one particular specialist in that area. So I agree with that. I do still think Greg Newsom is going to be that first guy up, though. And maybe this changes over camp, but like even today, you know, it was Greedy Williams and Greg Newsom starting on the outside, and then AJ Green came in and Newsom moved to the inside. Mm-hmm. It does seem like they really want to give Newsom a significant amount of time. I think that they, he's their number two corner on the outside, but I do think they want to give him significant time inside. And he wants to do it, which yeah. I think is interesting. Absolutely. I mean, if, it, if the game were tomorrow, that's how it would be. But I just think that there will be. Uh, it's, it's hard to describe, but I just think there's going to be a, a little bit of a different philosophy back there. Yeah, or, like, maybe Martin Emerson just ends up being better. <laughs> you know, yeah, you like, that, know. that could be part of it, too. Maybe they just look and say, Martin Emerson or A.J. Green or whatever. I mean, I think we'll see Denzel Ward in the slot. I think we saw that a little bit in the spring. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's a guy, once he gets on the field, he'll be in there a little bit, too. I think they want to try to cause some matchup problems in there. Yes. Going back to Emerson, though, Mary Kane, that size, I mean, one of the... We haven't had open locker rooms for a couple years, so we haven't been able to, like, stand next to a lot of guys and, like, be around. But sometimes, like, the size of players stands out to you. I remember Terrell Pryor, like, when he was here, and he would do a press conference in the locker room. I'd stand at This guy is huge for for what he is. And, you know, Emerson, I kind of see that a little bit, too. Like, when I see Martin Emerson, I'm like, okay, this guy looks different. Yeah, and you know what it is, you guys? It's really not just the height or the weight. What it is is the broad shoulders, like and, there's and the, the wingspan, and the wingspan. I mean, he just has uh, almost like a NBA upper yeah. body. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like it's it's uncanny to see that. Uh, so I, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, you know he even reads bigger than you know than he might be because he's just got the you know the broad shoulders and the long wing, wingspan. Okay, so we saw what was probably the closest thing to a training camp practice so far today. There were some 7-on-7, seven seven, there were some 11-on-11. 11 11. Uh, Mary Kay, what stood out to you watching practice today? You know, I'll tell you what. I mean, what stands out to me every day is just how darn athletic and elite Deshaun Watson's skill set is. His footwork is off the charts. Every day after practice, I watch him go down behind uh, the goalpost down there on the far end and work like crazy on his footwork and his agility. And I've never seen a quarterback work at it like this. And it translates onto the field. In his dropbacks, in his rollouts, in his mobility, he's got amazing feet. I mean, it's really something to behold. I think fans will enjoy watching it. And then just the way he moves on, on the field, the way, uh, you know, where his eyes are, uh, just everything about, you know, his, his arm talent is just sensational. 
I've never seen a quarterback like this. I mean, it, it is just we're looking at a Hall of Famer, and if he gets on the field and plays the way uh, that he is capable of and can put this whole off-the-field thing behind him and focus on football over the years, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Oh, yeah. I mean, the talent's there. He's up there with – he's got the talent of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's accurate, too. And, Ashley, there were throws today where you know, they were doing third-down stuff. And you're going to just see the chains move because he'll fit the ball in a tight window. And the defense will have it covered, but he's just going to fit the ball where it belongs. And as long as the receiver makes the catch, it's going to be a conversion. I mean, this is why, again, you you take this on. And this is why you give up three first-round picks and give up $230 million because of this type of player that you're getting. Yeah, and I think with guys like that, too, for opposing teams, it's just, like like you said, Dan, basically next to impossible to stop it when, like, you have a defense who's playing really well and they're in all the right spots and they're doing all the right things, and that guy can still thread the needle and make those throws and make those big-time plays and win you games that way. So, again, it's it's why they were willing, I think, to take the PR hits because those guys don't come around very often. Like, not just in, you know, you don't even get one of these guys every draft class that can do right. this type of thing. It's very rare. So, again, I think it's just why the Browns as an organization were willing to, to go through with this, even though, you know, some people, I think, would some teams wouldn't have been because of all the off-the-field stuff. Yeah, I mean, these players just don't... They don't hit free agency, yeah. and they usually don't want to come to Cleveland when they do hit free agency, these types of, of quarterbacks and these types of players. So uh, fans, when they get here on Saturday, they're, they're going to see the things on the field that made Deshaun Watson so desirable for the Browns. And, you know, let's be honest, for the three other teams, three or four other teams that were courting him, and... The 13 other or so who were interested. Yeah. So um, anything else stand out from practice? Greg Newsom seemed to have a good day. Uh, a couple of pass breakups, even though Deshaun had such a good day. Greg Newsom managed to have a pretty good day. Um, and we got a little bit of a look at the depth chart. I'll maybe write a little bit about that later. But I think we, uh, I think we hit everything on day three, right? Did I, I forget think anything? so. I mean, the one thing at the very end when, they were, when the DBs and the, the defensive guys were doing the catch drills, Denzel was out there with them, mm -hmm. and I thought that was pretty cool to see him out there doing that. That means he's moving a step closer to get, getting back on the field. Yeah, yeah, and he's been one. Of, he's been part of the bike brigade uh, previously, so at least he's been mm -hmm. available. Right. Um, just hasn't been able to get on the practice field yet. So uh, probably soon, though, right? A couple weeks. Yeah, I would think a couple weeks. Yes. Okay, well, that'll do it here. Day three in the books uh, of Brown's training camp. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Orange Brown Talk podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber, too. We've been sending out a ton of texts over the last few days, so go to cleveland.com slash browns. Click the blue banner at the top of the page, get info, and get signed up. Uh, and look, we made up words. We're going to learn to pronounce our names here in the next couple of days. We're going to sharpen up here as we uh, as fans start to show up on Saturday at Brown's training camp. Until then, for Ashley and Mary Can Dan, thanks for listening, everybody.